0: celebrate Father's Day and uh, you know it It probably has different meanings for different people. Um, fathers have one thought maybe like well I wonder where they're gonna take me to eat or I wonder if they're gonna what they're gonna get me or or whatever that might be and and uh, you know uh, children have another thought about doing something for their father and and then there's some that maybe say, Well, you know, boy, I miss my dad, they've lost your lost your father. Um, one of the things that I think is important to remember that, you know, in the midst of Father's Day, we celebrate our earthly fathers, but all of us have a father. You know, we all have a heavenly father. And and we can on Father's Day if if we're in a situation where we feel like you know we're being cheated or left out of we can always remember that we can celebrate the fact that we have A heavenly Father, you know Jesus. When he talked about prayer, he says, "Pray like this: Our Father, which art in heaven." So you know, no matter what, no matter what, no matter what our situation is, we can we can celebrate Father's Day. And for those that uh, have lost fathers or don't have a father, the Bible says that God is a father to the fatherless. And so, in the midst of maybe feeling like we don't have a father, that he is a father to the fatherless. And so I think it's important to remember that when we think about fathers. I want to look at a, at a parable today. Um, it's the parable of the prodigal son. It's in Luke, the uh, 15th chapter. It starts at the 11th verse. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read through the story and then we'll go back. and We're going to look at some aspects of the father and we're going to look at some of the aspects of the son. Jesus said, A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of good that falls to me. And so he divided to them his livelihood. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there he wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent everything, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed the swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, but no one gave him anything. And when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And so he arose and came to his father. And when his father saw was and when he was still a great distance off, his father saw him and had compassion on him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put on. A ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry, for this my son was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now the older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked, What do these things mean? And he said to him, Your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. And he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandments at any time. You never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me. And all that I have is yours. It is right that we should be merry and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. You know, as you look at this story, you know, the story is about the prodigal son who was lost and found. You know, Jesus has been telling parables about the importance of the kingdom and, and losing things. And now he he brings it down to a real life situation. He talks about a father and a son. He talks about a father and a son. And I believe there's some things that we can, we can see here and we can pick up and learn from this, from this parable. Some things about the father and some things about the son. The first one is, the father loved his son enough to allow him to make his own choices. You know, as you go through life, making choices is, is very important. And, you know, this father, he loved his son enough that he allowed him to make his own choices. But let me remind you that the son was an adult son. And I say that because I don't think this is something for children. One of my observations in in our society right now is we allow children to make too many decisions when they're not even able or should be making the decisions. You know, for me personally, I don't think you should be asking a five-year-old where the family should eat. You know, I, I think that's, there's, there's, there's issues that are go on in a family that you don't go to your five-year-old and say, what do you think? They're, they're not in a position to make those choices. You know, when we have children, we need to raise them and train them, and, and it's a process, and so you don't say to a young child, and I've seen this where parents will say to a young child, well, what do you want to do? And I'm thinking, wow, you're the parent. You're the parent. You, know, you, need to, you need to make those decisions. Don't put that on your young child. The other thing is, I think when you do that, you give that child a tremendous amount of authority that they aren't ready to handle. Because now, it doesn't take long. That child goes, oh, you mean my, impo- my opinion is that important? You mean I can now dictate what the family does? I can now dictate where we go? I can now dictate what we eat and what we don't eat. You know, I remember, I remember a time when, you know, food was put on my plate and it wasn't like, I don't like that. I don't remember those words ever coming out of my mouth. They may have. I'm not saying they didn't. But I'm just saying I don't remember it, you know, because if it was set before you, the thought process was you eat it. That was a thought process. It's it's prepared for you, and you eat it. You don't have an option. This is not a choice, you know. And part of the process was, you know, if you don't eat it, well, this is what you get. We're not going to go make something special for you. You know, I just recently ran into a situation where a young girl was lamenting the fact that her 2-year-old wouldn't listen to her. 2-year-old wouldn't listen to her. She says, he listens to everybody else, but he doesn't listen to me. And I said, well, you know why, don't you? She said, well, no. I said, well, he's smarter than you. Well, she was, I know I know her pretty well, but she was a little offended by that, you know. But what I was trying to get across was, this two-year-old's got you figured out. And this two-year-old has now got you jumping and... He's in charge, and you're not. And he's figured it out. Kids, it doesn't take them long to figure this out. But I think we have to be very careful that we don't give our children choices before they're ready to make them. And our, our job as a parent is to train our children. So as they mature and get responsible, then you give them choices, and you, you allow them to make choices. And then if they fail... You, you kind of go, no. And you, you help him. You guide him through that. Now, this case, we have an adult, adult, an adult son. And this adult son comes to his father, and he says, I want, what, I want my inheritance. And it, it appears like the father didn't lecture him. The father didn't go through a big spiel about it. He said, okay, if that's your choice, you can do that. And so he went, and he made that choice. And it reminds us, you know, that our Heavenly Father allows us to make choices too. Our Heavenly Father, he allows us the freedom to make choices. I believe believe he sends his Holy Spirit, he sends his word and things to guide us and to try to help us in those choices. But when push comes to shove, we can make the choices. We can decide what we're ultimately going to do and he allows us that freedom he allows us that freedom he loves us enough to let us do that and he allows us to do it even when i'm sure our heavenly father looks down and he goes oh no this is not going to be good i don't know if you've ever done that with your children when you go oh no this is not going to be good and you know depending on the child some are a little stronger than others Stronger willed, you know, some of them strong willed children, you kinda go, well, they're gonna have to learn it on their own. You know, because they are gonna do it no matter what you say sometimes. You know, and so and so our Heavenly Father, I believe He allows us, He allows us, He loves us enough to allow us to choose. To allow us to choose, even when He knows it's not gonna be good for us. He knows the outcome. He knows, you know, down that path there's some not-so-good things. But he he allows us to do that. And so also, as we have children, I think it's important for us to remember that as our children get older, you know, somebody, we were talking this morning, you know, well, they're always your children. Yes, they're always your children. But when they become adults, they start making their own choices. And they make their choices, and you're not responsible for their choices. You may feel responsible because sometimes you get the repercussions of their choices. But you're not responsible for their choices. They are. And sometimes we can maybe put too much pressure on them to do what we think is right when they need to make that choice. And so this young son, he makes his choice. He makes his choice. Now, when he makes a choice that the father knows is not going to be good, the father still loves him. You know, you don't pull your love away if they make a bad choice. You say, okay, then I'm not loving you no more and I'm not going to be, I don't want nothing to do with you. And you know, that's not the case. But he allows them to experience the consequences of their choice. Look in verse 14. What happened to this young man? He made the choice and then what happened? It says, when he had spent everything. The first thing he did was spent everything. Don't know how big the inheritance was, but whatever the inheritance was, it didn't take him long, and he spent it all. It's all gone. Now, if that wasn't bad enough, once he had spent it all, then what happened? There arose a famine. So now he's got two problems. He spent everything. He has nothing to fall back on, and now a famine comes. And so we see that then after he spent everything, there was a severe famine, and he began to be in want. Then he went and found himself and joined himself to a citizen of the country and he sent out into fields to feed the swine. Now, that had to be a, you know, as Jesus is telling this story to people who, you know, weren't allowed to eat pork and it was uh, unforbidden, that has to be the bottom of the jobs. That has to be the bottom of the jobs to now have to go out. You don't have any money. There's no food. You find somebody that'll take you in. And the job they give you is feeding pigs. Now, that, that has to be the bottom. Things are, things are pretty bad. But now he's experiencing the consequences of what happens. You know, sometimes, sometimes it's important to allow our children to experience the consequences of their choices. You know, whenever possible, it's good. You know, if you know that certain things are going to happen and it's not going to you know, it depends on the age and all that, but, you know, it's good sometimes to let them experience the consequences. You know, sometimes as parents, what do we want to do? We want to protect them from their consequences. But a lot of times it's good to let them experience their consequences of their choices. And so he went into the field and he fed the swine and he would gladly have ate with the pigs. If he, you know, he he would have gladly ate the pods, the husks of whatever they fed him you know he would have, he would glad him but it says but no one gave him anything he didn't even he didn't even get that so it got pretty low it got pretty low but then it says in a very key v- word in verse 18 it says when he came to himself you know we kind of you kind of read across that but that's a wonderful place to come to yourself to really get to the place where you kind of come to the place you realize, wow, I really made a big mistake. I really messed up. I really see, I believe sometimes it's good to see ourselves for who we really are. That we see ourselves for what's really going on around us, for what's really happening. And we come to ourselves and we just take responsibility sometimes and we say, wow. And it says he came to himself. Sometimes we might call that repenting. You know, um, I think you possibly could come to yourself and realize what you've done without repenting. That doesn't always necessarily absolutely follow. You know, sometimes we go, boy, I've really messed up, but I really don't want to change. I don't know if you've ever seen or been in that situation where I know I messed up, but I really don't want to repent, turn around and do it different. It's like your children when they say, I'm sorry. You know, sorry just means I'm sorry. I mean, this young man, he can say, boy, I'm really sorry. This is a mess. It's one thing to be sorry, but it's another thing to repent and say, I did this. This is what happened. And now I'm going to turn around and I'm going to do it different. I'm going to change, repent, turn around. You know, sorry just means, wow. Well, wow too bad. Sometimes sorry just means I got caught. I'm sorry. Sorry means all kinds of stuff and it's a place, it's a place to start, but it needs to come to a place of repentance. And I believe what we see here, the repentance came when the young man said, "Oh wow, you know, I've done this. This is bad. I need to go back to my father. I need I need to go back." He's he's now making some choices to go back to his father. Because he says, you know, my father's my father's hired servants had it better than this. You know, I, I I'm I'm out here and I'm I'm starving to death. And so in verse 18 he says, I'm gonna rise and go to my father. I'm gonna rise. You know what? I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change things. I always tell people, if you're down a path and I, I think of life as a path sometimes, And if you're in a path and all of a sudden things are really not where they should be, and not because it's just difficult. I mean, sometimes on our path, things are difficult. doesn't mean you should just, okay, I'm changing paths just because life is hard. But if you get down a path and you go, wow, I've made mistakes. This young man came to himself. He realized, I've made some mistakes. I've made some bad choices. I'm in a place that is not good. It would be better if I was back with my father. If you get in those spots, the best thing to do is turn around and go back where you were. Go back to where it's good. And this is what this young man did. He says, you know, it's better if I could go back to my father. Because it was it would be better there. And so it says he he gets up, he rise and I'll go to my father. Father. And he says, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. He, he kind of prepares himself for this speech he's going to make to his dad. He says, you know, I'm going to go back. and I'm going to say, you know, I'm sorry. You know, I don't even, I don't, I'm not even worthy to be called a son. Just, just make me like one of your hired servants. I'd be better off. And so he rose and he came to his father. And now we're going to see a picture of a father. It says, when he was still a great ways off, his father saw him and had compassion on him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Now this is a picture of our heavenly father. This is a picture of our heavenly father. And I think we as fathers can learn from this picture that no matter what our children do, no matter, no matter what they've done, you know, that we can always still look for the day when they might come to themselves and come back and repent. And this father, what does it say? He saw him coming afar off. I believe the father saw him coming afar off because he kept looking. He looked. He look, He expected. He had expectation that that son was going to come home. He had expectation. He, he said, you know what? I, I, I believe, and I believe our Heavenly Father. He thinks that about us when we stray. His expectation is that we're going to come to ourselves, and we're going to turn around and return. And he waits, and he waits. And when he sees us coming, before we get there, before we get there, it says he had compassion on him. And he ran and fell on him and kissed him. And the son says, Father, I've sinned against heaven in your sight, and I'm no longer, you know, he prepared this message. I've sinned against heaven in your sight, and no longer worthy to be called your son. So he prepares this message, because, you know, I don't deserve. And I, and I often see people who, they, they give me the statement, I'll go to church when I get my life straightened around. I'll go, and I always say, you got it all wrong. This story tells us this young, the father wasn't waiting for the young man to get his life straightened around. He wasn't waiting for all those explanations. He was just glad to see his son because he loved his son. And, and as he came, the father almost ignored what he said. You know, the son says, well, I'm sorry, I've sinned, no longer worthy. And the father just says, bring out the best robe and put on him. The father says, you know, I'm just glad you're back. I'm just glad you're back. How many, how many times when somebody comes back, what do we want to do? Well, my, my human flesh wants to go, I told you so. I told you so. If you'd have just listened to me, isn't that what we do? If you'd have just listened to me, I tried to tell you, You know, that's our, I think that's our human nature. We want to, we want to lecture them, you know, and I, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's okay sometimes, but you know, I don't think that's necessary. When, when they come back like this and they've repented, you don't need to lecture them. You know, and so I tell people, it's the same thing with, with coming to our heavenly father. I believe he's just waiting for us to come. He's just waiting for us to come. And I don't think lectures are that important. And I think the church, for the church, I think it's even more unimportant for us to lecture people about, well, it's about time. Glad to see you finally made it. You know? I can't remember. People a lot of times tell me. They make this statement. They'll say, well, somebody just said this to me the other day. I don't think it's anybody here. (laughs) Um, Somebody just said to me the other day, oh, yeah, I know. Anyway, they said, uh, well, I'd come visit, but they said... uh, should I wear a hard hat in case the roof falls in? You know, the implication is, the implication is I'm pretty bad and God may, the place may fall. I go, oh no, come on in, it hasn't fell yet. So, <laughs> You know, and we're all here, so, you know. But the implication is that, well, I need to do something. And maybe sometimes we give that to people. We give them a picture like, well, you need to do this or this, or we need to at least lecture you, or we need to make sure you got the picture. We, you know, that's not our job. I don't believe that's our job. That's not our job. That's not the picture of our Heavenly Father. He just is waiting for his children to return, and he has compassion on them. He looks for them. He longs for them to return. He longs for them to return, and then he celebrates their return. He celebrates their return. You know, he's excited they're here. You know, I think sometimes in the church, we need to be more excited people are here than like what are they doing here? You heard anybody say that? Wonder what they were doing in church today. Instead of saying, that was exciting seeing so and so in church. I can't believe they're there. <laughs> you, can, you know. But we need to we need to celebrate. We need to celebrate because that's what our heavenly father does. He celebrates. Back in Luke, the 15th chapter, when it was talking about um, losing sheep, it says if you had 100 sheep and you lose one, you've got 100 and you lose one. Well, you know, that's 1%. You know, if you're real practical, you go, hey, you know, you got 100, you lose one. It's not a really big deal. The Bible says, comparing it to people, it says if you lose one, you leave the 99, you go after the one. It puts the importance on the One it puts importance on the lost one and so when a lost one returns there should be celebration in in luke uh, 15 verse uh, seven or in starting at six he says when he comes home he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them rejoice for i found my sheep my one sheep that was lost he says, I say to you, likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 persons who go to church every single Sunday. Doesn't say that. Um, but, but you know what? That's the picture, folks. That's the picture. And I believe that's the picture that we need to get inside of us. You know, there's, there's, it's not that God's not happy because we're all here. But, you know, when somebody that's lost comes to him, There's more joy in heaven over one sinner that repents than 99 righteous ones. That is a point of rejoicing and celebration. And we, as God's people, need to realize that that's how we need to be. That's how we need to be, that we rejoice. You know, we don't need to lecture. We don't need to begrudge a celebration. You know, that one son said, well, this isn't fair. You know, I've heard people say over the years that, you know, well, pastor didn't even talk to me today. You know, I want to tell you on some Sundays, if certain people walk through that door, I'm going to get excited. I'm going to get excited. And I might ignore you. I'm telling you that could happen. Because there's some people who I would get excited if they walked through that door. There's people that, I expect to walk through that door that haven't walked through that door. Now, I'm not saying they're, but I'm just saying that's a point of expectation that, you know, that if that happens, it's a point of excitement. And if if that time I don't happen to say hi to you, then you need to forgive me because there's more joy in heaven over one sinner that repents Than over ninety nine righteous. It's not taken away from our value, but we got to have God's heart. We got to have the heart of the Father. We got to have the heart of the Father for His children. And His lost children, His lost children, and they're all around us. You know, when we think about Bible school, one of the things I want to encourage you thinking about Bible school. There's all kinds of ways you can think about Bible So You might say, well, okay, I'll sign my kids up. You might say, well, I don't have any kids, so I guess whatever they do is fine. You can say that. But let me throw you one other thought. Consider who you might bring. You know, kids are one of the easiest groups to bring. They... You know, and parents love to get rid of their kids. (laughs) I'm sorry, but it's the truth. You know, a lot of parents, you know, now you need to know them. Don't be a stranger walking to people's door and say, can I take your kids to Bible school? You know, pray about children, you know, maybe children in the neighborhood. And if the Lord shows you somebody, consider inviting them and bringing them because a lot of parents will go, sure, you can have them for a couple hours or even more if you'd like them, you know. It's opportunity we need to we need to pray about chances to reach out Chances to touch people in their lives Because there's more joy in heaven over one sinner that repents than over 99 righteous And that needs to be our attitude. That needs to be our attitude You know, it's not just about us You know, yes, it's great. We come together. It's great. We fellowship and it's great. We hear God's word and everything's great But it's not just about us. It's not just about us. And so as you think about fathers, you think about fathers, think about your heavenly father. Think about your heavenly father. And you know, we as dads, we can learn from him. He's the perfect father. And we all have one. He's the perfect father. And we can learn. We can learn from him and be more like him and be able to love our children and children around us, you know, and all of God's children, no matter what their age, that we can love them. We're going we're gonna, to um, honor our dads. Um, well, let's have the kids come up first. Okay, kids, come on up. They've been, they've been back there very patiently waiting for, their, for this time. You know, we always think, you know, I don't know, and you know, we think about, let's see, what can we get dads, you know? And once we get past buying all of you a 18-volt screwdriver, why, you know, we kind of get down to reality, and it usually it's candy. So, you know, nothing's changed in this year. <laughs> Just a different kind of candy. <laughs> this one has nuts in it, so if anybody's allergic to nuts, why, don't take one. But um, that's what we're going to do. So let's have, let let's see. Let's have all the dads stand. Let's have all the dads, guys stand, and um, we'll. Uh, I'm gonna pray for them real quick, and then I'm gonna give you kids something to give to them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for for the dads that are represented here today. Lord, we ask your blessing upon them today, and Lord, just be with them, encourage them. Lord, um, it's it's tough being a dad sometimes. So Lord, we just pray you'd bless them and just help them to have a great day. And uh, we just thank you for each one of them. And Lord, we thank you that you are our heavenly father. Lord, for those that don't have dads, we just thank you that you are, you are our father. So Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay. Don't move, guys. Okay, kids. Okay. Can you find your dad? Huh? Go find your dad and your grandpa. That's for them. <laughs> it's not for you, Jason. Okay, here you go. Okay. Make sure every dad has one. And when they get one, why, you can you can take a couple so you don't have to make a trip back and give them to their dads and then your dads can sit down so we know who's got them and doesn't okay okay all the guys standing need one so do you they don't have to be your dad so make sure you get make sure you get them Seem like I've given out quite a few. We're getting them to the dad. <laughs> we're getting them to the dads. <laughs> Remember, you got to give them to a dad. <laughs> oh, we got to see. Okay, you got one way back in the back corner back there. See, way in the back, there's some. Okay, way back. Dave's back there. Oh, we're getting close. All right. Boy, there was a day when I took the rest home, but I'm not. Not good for me. Okay, you got them? All right. You can put them back in there. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Kids, come back up here one more time. Okay, all you kids, come back up. It's going to be worth it. (laughs) All right. You can all have one for doing a good job. You all get one too. There you go. All right, good job. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, you can keep that one. All right. Okay, let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Lord, we thank you that you are our Father. Lord, we can come to you, Lord. just help us to... To be faithful to you, Lord, help us to keep our eyes upon you. And help us, Lord, to know that you're always there, even when we stray away. That you never leave us or forsake us. That you're always there. We thank you for that. Thank you for your presence with us. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen.